Welcome to Wacker Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album, a band, or even an entire musical movement was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of its time. And like all great podcasts, this one is the direct spinoff of an unhinged group text amongst friends that simply refuses to die. And uh, moving right along, let's meet Fujia and Miyagi, which makes me the ampersand. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? I'm Noah. I am the child man. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been a I've been a bad boy. Oh no. Oh boy. Uh and I'm Adrian. I'm your friendly producer. And uh in the immortal words of Lewis T. Barlow, just give me any rock. And I'm your hostess with the moistest. Caleb, oh. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, like I'm bringing that. that word back. Yeah, I don't. Like uh, that was well, overblown. I, I that was overblown. That was a whole thing. It was like, yeah, it's like one person like, oh, said, I don't, I don't like that it. word. It's like one of those Grow things. It's like the word moist grosses me out as a replacement to have like a personality. Well, it's, it's like, weird it's because weird moist, thing. moist people got freaked out about moist, but it's like you still say wet. Like wet is way more like, <laughs> <Yeah>. sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's way more moist. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Speaking of moist. Yeah. Well, this is our uh, eighth episode, which makes this our alien lanes uh, episode. (laughs) Not that that's what we're covering, but yeah, that's our eighth album. I looked into it. It took me a while. I was scrolling through a lot there. Wait, that's (laughs) um, what you call GBV, baby. Guided by voices. Yeah. GBV. That was our eighth eighth album. album? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like well, I know the one they... B hundreds, the one before that, whatever. I know that one, but then I was like, I was hoping that would be because that's a little more relevance. But wow, yeah, Alien Lanes, because that's also... one of their first ones to get traction a little bit. Yeah, it's like mid nineties, kind of off the off the. That's like Yola Tango. Thing. Yola right. Tango, oh, yeah. the we can hear our heart beating as one or whatever. That's like their ninth Banger. album or something. Well, yeah. like fake book got some, you know, there's a couple of others, but it, this is the same kind of thing. Yeah. Where they're like, it's, but you got to understand though, at the same time, that the fucking guided by voices was putting out like three records a year. So didn't That's take, true. you know, wasn't like they got to eight, like 12 yeah, years into their got, career or something. They, they like, got there quick. Yeah. And also, I don't know, maybe our, they did our eighth episode. Um, if memory serves me right, an eighth would have cost like fifty dollars in two thousand five, forty if if you knew the dude. Wait, an eight ball? No, that was always an eighth. <laughs> an eighth. Oh, okay. Marijuana. Okay. Uh, same amount, same weight by volume. So it's weird that it would be a a gram, a quarter, an eighth, an ounce. So like the conversions would get or two for thirty, dude. That was my that was my jam. But com- two for thirty, classic. They would go. F- they would switch from metric to regular, right? It, it doesn't to imperial or whatever. Doesn't it's correlate the whole way through. That yeah, I would expect more from people who deal drugs. Shout out <laughs> um, though. Shout out though. <laughs> in our economy with like inflation gone wild, the price of the eighth is pretty stable compared to like gasoline or milk or something yeah if anything it's it's gone down 
I mean, in the seventies when the quality's like gone up, dirt weed where it's like a lid is a hundred bucks. But once we got past that, it's like an eighth of weed. Honestly, you pay for stronger weed now, like for forty dollars, you can get like crazy and a crazy eighth of weed. And we were teenagers. We were getting taxed like 50 for an eighth and you would hope it was some crazy shit, but it usually was because it was Santa Maria. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out all the ag, all the ag in Santa Maria. Ag mans, (laughs) ag ladies. All the connects. Um, I think in 2005, we'd had had names at that point too. So that's kind of like the marker of when it got better. But um, yeah, moving right along. uh, No, you good? You good, bro? I'm pretty good, man. I got a little That's sun good. drunk, if I'm being honest. Right. <laughs> Shout I mean, out uh, from, to uh, from uh, last week. You good? You, uh, oh, you found oh, your center. Your team, <laughs> yep. Okay, so <laughs> this is episode eight. Yeah, episode Wait, eight. Caleb, did you introduce yourself already? Yeah, I'm the hostess with the moistest. Oh yeah, the moist. Um, <laughs> I need to use a little bit of episode eight to apologize to episode seven. <laughs> I was unhinged. I apologize to you too, my host, my hostess with the moistest, with the hostess cakes. Um, apologize to Charlie, the young man that called in and uh, he gave us his heartfelt thoughts. Apologize to the fans and apologize to Deer Hunter. Because I think I called them Deer Hoof a couple times, so I apologize for that. <laughs> but don't classic. listen to me on that last. Uh, Adrian, I hope you edited edited me out as much as you could off that last one. I don't know yeah, what we trimmed I was it down about. to to a slim uh, twenty minutes. With <laughs> yeah, totally. It makes it makes no sense. <laughs> well, you just <laughs> left better. in the you just left the rant in, so it was, it's only no. twenty minutes. It's all <laughs> me. But I don't know. Very... I was on some gatekeeping, net banging shit. I don't know what I was on. <laughs> Talking about influences and stuff. I... I think you're on Modelo time too. Mainly, I get. I don't know. I get. It brings up a time in my life being younger where I get like angry at myself for buying into the hype machine and I take it out on the bands in some way or something. Like I'm checking my own cred or something. But, uh, like deer hunter are some just weirdo cool kids making cool music and i honestly was way too harsh so i'll just say <laughs> that i i give them a 7.7 7, all right <laughs> all right i'm not gonna run that math back but uh yeah you know come on what do we say here so it's between friends there's no reason to feel bad i was aggro though dude i was out of hand i was out of line that's okay. We we honestly need that kind of energy, you know, uh, for midweek podcast recording. But yeah. anyways, why don't you uh, catch the the slappy whackers up on what we're trying to do here? So today we got M.I.A. and the album is R U L R from 2004, right? 2005. Oh, okay, five. I always get m- mistaken because there was that whole mixtape and. She kind of just ran the table from like 2003 to 2005. Like the hype for this, this artist was like so off the chain. Yeah, totally. And a lot of that was Pitchfork hyping it. So uh, let's hear what our, first of all, I need to say though, too, I am a union man myself. 
<laughs> respect to the union. Which side are you on? Kanye Nast, pay the journalist. You're billionaires. Yeah. Stop being ridiculous. Give people health care. It's a goddamn pandemic out there. If you're working every day, you should have health care. All right. That's my my spiel on on unionizing. Which side are you on? All right. The workers of the world unite. AJ, yeah, we're a we're a pro a union podcast. Say? Yeah, we're a pro union shop here. Yeah, thanks, Noah. That's actually that uh that's um that's actually a pretty good segue considering how political MIA is. But yeah, she, she so this record got an eight point six, got a best new music, of course. Uh, it was reviewed by Scott Plaganoff. Um, Plague. I think Plague. he's kind of. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what his friends call him. I think he. Um, I think he's still around. I, I maybe uh, uh, fallen off the past couple of years, but I know he was. Uh, remember seeing his byline a few places. Uh, but anyways, here's the excerpt from the review which i think uh, sums it up pretty nicely with all the column inches and message board posts arguing about whether mia is an opportunist or a clever contextualist genuine or a fraud full of good intentions or no specific intentions at all the closest thing to a truism about rlr is that it's a taut invigorating distillation of the world's most thrilling music a celebration of contradictions and oral globalization that recasts the tag world music as the ultimate and communicative pop rather than a symbol of condescending piety so i think that's that's pretty close to what was going on at the time i think you know she definitely was on the vanguard of of kind of changing that kind of <clears throat> what what it meant to like incorporate world music quote unquote into your you know into your sound yeah. well it was totally. at the time when hip hop was about to be hip hop was already world music you know yep it started yeah. in like jamaica so like the connections were already there but then yeah. in like the internet age it became like okay like hip hop is like the new punk rock where anybody can start it and it's all influenced the, the interconnectivity I think really coalesced around 2002 2003 post internet with hip hop and like world famous DJs and the yeah world music used to be a pejorative because I think like white critics kind of kind of like the NPR style of music criticism. Well, what, like well we were only about it. five years removed from remember that scene in high fidelity where there's like uh, the douchebag Ian played by Tim Robbins. Oh, whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, he yeah. listens to world beat or whatever. And that oh, was like, right, as a right. pejorative. <laughs> so that was only yeah. five years before that. That's yeah. a kind of a, a marker of where we were at. But yeah, world was a little bit of a pejorative, but I think it was, it was a pejorative like world music because it was a lazy music criticism, which kind of negated like hip hop and like, you know, sample based dance music, punk rock. I don't know. I, I, that always bugged me when people would present world music as if it's not music, but an entire genre. I think that's like yeah. so disrespectful. Oh, it's, it's yeah. totally racist, too, because it had to be co-signed by, like, white people and had to be, like, distributed through those yeah. channels. Or how, like, right. Afrobeat and stuff would be called world music. And it's like, 
you're taking an entire like continent and just saying yeah. it's like, oh yeah, that's some vague world music. It's like that's not true at all. Like when it was hyper research. regional to like certain countries in West Africa and it was, and it was by yep. American music and it was yes, so it was like dialogue with the world of its own. Exactly. Right. It was a dialogue with the world. It's not it was a response to what was going on over yes, here. Yes, it's connected. It's it's rock and roll, it's punk rock, it's hip hop, like I, I hated that term, and I think MIA did kind of tear down that wall a little bit. For sure, for sure. I think, like you're saying, I think world music as a as a genre, as a term, just flattens everything, and, and it's just, it's not interesting. Like, there's so much more depth within that genre that, like you're you're just yeah you're losing you're losing so much and just saying like oh this is you know or or even when people are like i like african music is like well you know there's like a, yeah. fu- a, a so many different Africa genres has so the most sub-genres. nations in the world like yeah. in one continent too yeah. so it's like what does that and mean? i mean yes unless you're talking about like historically the west african drum beat influencing mm-hmm. like american music you know, but it's like you're not talking about that. You're just being lazy and labeling people from different countries as world music without right. Or you're trying to co-op some their, shit. Their perspective. Right. Yeah. Or you're trying to co-op some shit and exotify it and be like come off as more of a fucking deep individual because you're like, oh, I listen to music from Mozambique, but it's like, but you all lump it together and it's like, I don't know, just trying to get your yeah, it, jollies it, off of it. You know what it does? It negates the specificity of the region it comes from and it negates the connectivity of music worldwide yeah. it, it's right just... and and meanwhile patting yourself on the back is thinking you're woke or whatever because yeah. you're like you know you're helping people out by exposing it or whatever but you're yeah. like no you're you're like it you said Adrian's, it... you're flattening it and you're you're being reductionist and that's never good when it comes to music no i mean you're turning it and also you're turning it almost into like a museum piece or something like you're taking all the life yeah, out you're... of it by doing that you know yeah it's that european gaze like that's yeah g-a-z-e um, uh so (laughs) but yeah i think uh so yeah i think it's important because because mai i think is one of the more important artists of the the 21st century you know especially that first decade she was hugely influential but like this is it's interesting because here this is kind of the start of it um so i'll give a little bit more background here uh the record was recorded from mid 2004 to 2005 uh, it was produced by MIA in collaboration with uh, a variety of producers, uh, most famously Diplo, um, but there's a couple, there's a lot of others. Caveman, uh, who was a duo, uh, Richard X, uh, Switch, uh, a few others um, that I haven't listed here. But I think one of the things that, and then MIA called this out um, actually with an interview with Pitchfork, I think in 2007. But I think what happened with this record is a lot of, reviews kind of were made it the diplo and mai show mia show when it was actually like she she wrote these songs she fleshed them out uh with these producers it wasn't necessarily like she went in and wrote them with them she made all all the beats yeah she she basically so that's that's a great segue she basically how this this record came about is um so she she came out of the visual art world. Uh, she was a visual artist, uh, you know, and she she had done some graphic design for uh, the, the band Elastica. So she became friends with uh, Justine Frisch, Frischman, I think is how Grew you say it. Grew up in but, London, right? Um, yes, I believe that's correct. And so through this friendship, 
she got interested in uh, making music, she followed Elastica on their 2001 U.S. tour, uh, where she was introduced to Peaches, uh, the Electro Clash artist, great. A, a great artist a couple of straight bangers shout out peaches um and peaches was like hey i have this you know i, I use this 50 the mc505 roland mc505 it's a classic kind of drum machine sequencer uh you should you should mess around with it um because mia at that time was not like very confident in her musical abilities and she was she, she was interested in, in making music and so this is kind of like a, a jumping off point like a like a for for her creativity um so when they got back to to london frishman gave her a 505 that she had been playing with from through peaches and uh and yeah and so she did she she basically made all the the beats uh, and recorded them on a four track and and put this these demos together uh and that's kind of how she and then she reached out to all these producers to kind of help her you know flesh things out and uh, you know, they brought a, a variety of things. I think Diplo brought some Bile Funk influences and some other, you know, I... world world dance music kind of uh, uh, sounds. Um, dance hall. Ca- Cavemen helped her, you know, uh, add uh, 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 some some new production value, some bass lines and and vocals uh, that she wrote. So, you know, as much as like the the press was kind of suggesting like this is sort of you know mia came along for the ride almost uh with these you know other producers she she was really the driving force behind all of this and yeah and originally adrian i'm sure you came across this she actually just wanted to make the beats and she wanted to get other singers and like like she would go to like the clubs in london and try to get like whatever just you know, people from all over the world to be like, oh, you're a cool kid, like sing on this track. Like, yeah, I saw the the, the thing I saw specifically, she asked like Caribbean girls, I believe, or maybe Jamaican yeah. girls to, to sing. And she didn't you know there was no dice because, yeah, she she had initially planned to become uh, a producer. So that, you know, that's kind of where the beat making came in. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Justine Frischman's manager heard the demos, uh, which helped MA secure a uh, record deal with XL Recordings, um, who were actually, Excellent. you know, pretty big. And I think at that totally. time they were starting to become really big. Uh, they signed a lot of big uh, artists subsequently and at that time. But uh, they released the record on March 22nd, 2005, uh, after it was delayed actually, which I didn't quite remember, but um, it was supposed to come out at the end of 2004, uh, around when the uh, you mentioned the um, Piracy Funds Terrorism uh, yeah. mixtape. Uh, the, that, the reason that was dropped was because it got the record got pushed. And there was a point where it almost got shelved indefinitely. And uh, Galang, right? Galang surfaced in like 2002 or something. Yes. Uh, I, maybe, I think it was like 0304, for that single but yeah, yeah she she dropped a bunch of singles she dropped the mixtape and that's kind of how she got a buzz going um especially you know on the blogs on the internet uh, yeah. i do remember you know we'll get into it a little bit later but i do remember that's kind of pitchfork was kind of breathlessly covering everything she was doing at that point um, if you did like a top five internet hype albums of the 2000s like for me this might be number one as far as me just being on the internet and hearing this buzzed about, like, you know, they were so over the moon about it. And it was just like, what is this? And, like, you know, I knew about mixtapes from hip-hop, but 
at the time is pre YouTube. It was kind of pre Bandcamp, I think. So yep. like mixtapes you Definitely. heard about before you heard oftentimes. This may have even been before Dat Piff and you know the yeah. hip hop mixtape really I remember it was like this and like those early Wayne, Lil Wayne mixtapes where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh shit, like how do I get my hands on this shit? The uh some the clips mixtapes as well. Oh yeah, clips for sure. Um yeah, so the you know the the album uh Musically, it, it it combines a lot of different elements and it borrows a lot of things from different um, regional dance movements. Uh, so there's, you know, there's Violet Funk, as I mentioned, there's dance hall, there's grime, you know, hip hop, reggae. Uh, it, it's really kind of a mixed bag of, of influences, um, which is something that that MIA specifically wanted to do. You know, she she said that she wanted to kind of the uh, push herself and push the producer she was working with to try to find some some new sounds and try to work in new things uh that were just you know at the time not necessarily you know i think hip-hop was sampling you know there's the i forget the jay-z track with that uh that dope indian um flip uh sample but yeah timbaland at the time which she she shouts out timbaland but timbaland was sampling the bollywood and uh yeah there was I think that was just coming out of the whole international DJs that were becoming so famous. And like the festival circuit was early, like Coachella had just started. So it was like mm-hmm. kind of a mixing, like even Dr. Dre at that time was sampling like whatever, like the Fiddler on the Roof soundtrack. Like there was like <laughs> yeah. a whole kind of a playful sampling of music. And I think Timbaland was on the forefront with that and, and i think and where hear- a lot of this music was coming out of like new york and la and um you know london and whatnot i mean those are extremely diverse places with thriving cultures so like yeah. i mean if just if you lived in new york city you would probably have a passing familiarity with you know south asian music with caribbean music whatever just from like people in your neighborhood or certain stores that specialize in that stuff and if you're like you know you have really catholic tastes which a lot of you know producers and musicians do you're going to seek that stuff out and you're going to try to like incorporate it into your own yeah. influences and, and things i think too. And what mia like- does is she takes the the london the punk rock aesthetic of adapting you know influences from the united states and she she has a punk rock a- approach to like hip-hop and dance music yeah, she um, so she she shouted out some of her influences around that time, and one of them big ones was the Clash. Um, another one was Malcolm oh. McLaren, uh, which makes sense if you you know if you know McLaren, Malcolm McLaren's um, that the his his, his music. Um, then I only know him for his big hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she definitely was coming at it from an angle of like punk rock and kind of like fuck the establishment, fuck, you know, the all of the establishment, the music establishment, the political establishment. Um, this record, you know, obviously is super political. There's a lot of uh, lines about, you know, revolutionary politics, revolutionaries. You know, there's t- talks of like of uh, tanks and you know, or the the album cover has tanks and bombs and machine guns and stuff on it. You know, she was very specifically talking about stuff that was you know true to her life and also you know the stuff that she was seeing around her. 
Um, Because her father actually, you know, famously uh, was involved with Sri Lankan, you know, Tamil uh, militant groups. Um, I'm not sure. I think people say he's part was one of the Tamil Tigers who I'm not incredibly familiar with the the, you know, the whole story around that. But I'm not sure he was that involved with those that particular group. But he was, you know, kind of one of these revolutionary guys uh, back in the day. And that's where the album gets its name is from his uh one of his political code names um, that was like his actually, de gear. Yeah, yeah exactly what is it, it means something oh yeah i wish well, i had that note um, and it's also kind of like a ruler in like English right exa- kinda, yeah exactly ah. but he, um, it means enlightenment her, from sunshine yeah yes. there you go there you go um, thanks caleb she said her dad was more on like the diplomatic part of it like, yeah was more of like a politician when it came to that stuff mm-hmm. but uh yeah the, i mean i don't know if we have enough time to get into the sri lankan but it was basically a class battle that erupted after like independence in like the 60s through the 80s and it was oh it went on to the 2000s yeah it still yeah, goes it was on ongoing. today but yeah, the height yeah. of like i think her struggle or her father's struggle yeah um but just yeah the, it's like a whole caste system stuff it's you know it's like wherever everywhere we go with people separating people from the common good of class struggle yeah absolutely and it's interesting that it's like uh, enlightening from sunshine it's like i just looked that up uh in all disclosure but it's like it's, it's interesting because like you do kind of get hip to third world politics or politics of the global south and um through and you're enlightened to it through sunshine it's like through music and something that's vibrant and beautiful and then you're kind of you're exposed to all these things and you know and you seek out all these different avenues that you kind of that are aggregated through this album that yeah you know just expose different things to you and i think that's like it's such like a fitting album title in like so many different ways. And that's like channeling like hip hop and punk rock. It's like the same mm-hmm. way, you know, Ghostface on the Wu Tang album says PLO style. Yeah. Yeah. Palestinian Liberation Organization. Or how um you know Joe Sh- Strummer sings about or how they the clash named the album, album Sandinista. Sandinista. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah like exactly. shouting out shouting out the struggle. Yeah. She, yeah, she's yeah. she just following in a long line of artists that were yeah. mixing these things um and it's you know, not even like being bogged down like diving into politics where sometimes that can make music sound like not danceable it sounds like a you're kicking knowledge like an education lesson or something but with well, them yeah. just mentioning it it's just like yeah it's a reminder like you know this it's- stuff is joyous music but it's about like marginalized people having joy and using music to express that so we'll give a little shout out real quick we're not going to like dwell on it but we'll just you know just check some names like just if you want to go research it go research it it's just like information yeah and that's actually something that mia specifically i forget exactly how um she put it but basically she saw it as a challenge like i think someone had told her that you know well, you can't really dance to political music 
And, you know, that's not wrong, but I think she saw that as like, well, why the fuck not? Like, why can't you dance to political? Why can't dance music be political? Why can't you explore yeah. these themes? Martha and why the Vandellas dancing in the streets. Yeah. So yeah, that's I mean, all about rioting right? in the streets. <laughs> right. they, just, they switch dancing. They switch rioting to dancing. It's a protest yeah. song. Goes way yeah. back. Well, yep. that's... And, it's, and it's interesting because, like, I mean, aside from, like, yeah, being name checking things or like political movements or like stating political ideologies it's like music like this is like you can't escape the politics which create music like this and just all the you know global socioeconomic factors which synthesize all these different musics and how you know post-colonialism and things and bring all these things together and all these communities together and it's all it's all a part of that just that you know that stew that's been created through just a history of conflict and movement and everything. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and you know, it's, it's a beautiful way to, to synthesize all that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's about all I have in terms of background. Um, there's a few other things I can bring up when we get into it, but uh, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's dive into cool. history. Shall we? Yeah. Let's, um let's go around the, let's go around the horn here and um, everyone just talk about how this album came to their lives and what, what they thought of it at the time when they were first exposed to it. And um, let's kick it off with Noah. Yeah, man. I mean, this would probably, like, it coincided with me first kind of reading blogs and trying to get music on the internet. And, you know, my older brother, like Zachary and stuff, was turning me on to a lot of the music coming out the, the early 2000s. But this would have been like the first kind of internet hype that I ever encountered. And in some ways, I think it is the most internet hyped album that's like ever been created, which I don't say to sell it short because I think it lived up to the hype. And uh, this is funny. I was thinking this album was the first thing I ever purchased online. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, because I... I went to, I kept going to the Best Buy. And at the time, I didn't have a whip. I was like down and out in Santa Maria Hills. Um, Grew up in the flats, homie. Yeah, in the <laughs> fucking flats off Broadway, bitch. <laughs> college. North, North College. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyways. Yeah, I think I even went to like Boo Boo's and uh, Grover Beach and uh, I could never find this album. And I had heard bits and pieces of the mixtape because that was such like a crazy thing to like hear if you could hear snatches of it. It was hard to hear the whole thing. Um, but so I got a uh, Barnes and Noble gift card for <laughs> my birthday or something somehow i had like 20 dollars on a barnes and noble and i went online even though there was a barnes and noble in the mall at the time the santa maria mall um but i went online and you could order cds and they had are you large so i ordered it and got it and i remember man i listened to the shit out of this album i was like blown away by this album and i used to take it with me everywhere anytime there's like a house party I'd be like, put this on, put this on. And it never failed, never failed. People went nuts for this thing. 
when you listen to it. It got everybody dancing. But to me, it was funny because the internet hype, they were talking about how it was like such a new sound and took all this world sound. It was so like a revolutionary thing, which I think it is. But to me, it sounded familiar. It sounded like at the time I was listening to a lot of like Eric B and Rakim and she cites that as an influence. It sounded a lot like that. And for me, it sounded like what we grew up with, you know, being uh, in fairly close approximation from LA. It sounded like, like freestyle old school music that you would hear on like the Art LeBeau uh request line which was for those that don't know art lebeau request line was like a based out of la and uh it was a request line for people living in kind of southern california and they would play what what is called like freestyle or old school music which is like kind of like the miami sound machine it's like old school hip-hop it's like r&b and doo-wop it's kind of like a mix of just like dance music basically like you're I don't know what are some like one way gap band. Um, yeah, and then you have the more jazz like, band. Kind of the uh, stuff DJ like saved my of, life. The disco, you know, Debbie Shannon, Deb, Shannon, yep. yeah, Sammy mm-hmm. B, all that. Yeah. So it it didn't sound that unfamiliar to me. And then a nineteen year old, twenty year old self, when I was listening first, hearing about her, to hear her name check like Lou Reed and the Pixies and the Beasties. It was just like, oh shit, this is like uh she knows what exactly what she's doing. Like, you know, she really wrote me in. And this is a album I listened to like nonstop. And MIA is one of the few artists from that time in the early 2000s that I have always followed her. Like the day she makes new music, I listen to it like every time and i think she's as great now as she was then i think some people they people love to fucking throw dirt on her like well she definitely doesn't make it easy on herself and she's a provocateur yes yes people like to write her off as like a one-hit wonder they did that with this album like uh galang Mm -hmm. one-hit wonder and then the next album like uh paper planes one-hit wonder and then, you know, when she like flipped off the camera at the Super Bowl with Madonna, people like to hate on that. But you know what? How dare you desecrate the Super Bowl? 2020 <laughs> marked the first time she had ever had a number one single. She got a joint with Travis Scott. That's pretty fucking good. And I think yeah, I was going to say that. I think the wild. younger kids recognize her. Like, because I think like a lot of these songs, if you released them now, like in 2021, they'd still be bangers and nobody would notice. It almost sounds like trap music it almost you know it sounds like a little bit of everything but it's fucking original like yeah. it's original and familiar it's just the best the best of both worlds is what i think yeah nice i just did yeah what about you adrian would you uh come into contact with this so it's funny that you you told that story now because i think the first time i saw this like the record cover was in your room and in, in your uh your parents old place like yeah, you know shout out Kate court uh, shout out Kate court um so but I, I remember like it was like in the middle of a bunch of other CDs and stuff but that bright yellow cover just stood out so much and I remember looking at it and being like oh yeah MIA I've been reading about her and like you said no like I had heard you know little bits of the mixtape here or there the same kind of thing um on blogs or whatever 
Yeah. Uh, but it was hard to piece it was pre YouTube. So yeah, it's hard to piece those mixtapes together. Yeah, yeah YouTube totally. was just just on the cusp of coming out. I think you know there was you can you can kind of piece together things through MySpace and a yeah, couple MySpace. of other things, but you know it. Yeah, it, it, it there was definitely a buzz that was building. Um, so yeah, I, I remember seeing the cover and being like, "Oh shit, yeah, that looks really fucking cool." Like I I want to get that record. Um, and you were definitely an evangelist for it at the time. Like I remember def- we definitely talked about it. Um, and so like I went off and um, I don't know if I downloaded it right away, but eventually it became kind of a mainstay of, you know, the, my iPod. Uh, I was always playing it in the car when I was driving to, you know, community college uh, at work. I'd bust it out like on Sunday mornings, you know, when things are going a little slow, I just bust that out, put it on real loud and kind of uh, just go, you know, clean the, clean the space or whatever. Um but yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's so instantly kind of captures you. Um, even, even the skits, you know, which I think can be sometimes obnoxious when you return this, you know, quote unquote skits, although these ones are not necessarily like a hip hop skit in, you know, the classical sense, but you know, everything about this record is compelling and it was compelling in those first few listens and, you know, and, it, it definitely was something that I more and more people started listening to her. And, and like you're saying, no, everyone was like, this is, this is a banger. Like, these are bangers. This is a classic record. And, uh, you know, and it felt like that at the time. And this is one, I think this is a case where, you know, the internet hype, even though it was like incredibly buzzy and incredibly, you know, the, I don't know, it was super, super high buzzy uh, for this record it it lived up to it you know it 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 made good on that kind of buzz on that hype surprisingly you know maybe not surprisingly but it it like you're saying the thing she the way she took all these elements made them her own sound and also had this distinct personality this distinct vision you know and it didn't hurt that you know she's you know gorgeous as well and and captivating yeah. in that sense where she she really knew the visuals cuz she's coming from a visual art background so she knew how to market that in that sense um and yeah it just it 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 really captured me and it, you know by the time 2007 rolled around her next record like i was all in like you're saying Noah. um i'm not necessarily as i don't follow her as much nowadays um i definitely you know if if i see a video or something i'll check it out but uh Still back smooth. then i was i was all in too i like i loved i loved this record and you know it it yeah it holds up so yeah, like it was one of those records that kind of stuck with me, especially around that time. And it's still, you know, I still listen, continue to listen to this day. So uh, yeah, it holds up really well for me. And I, at, at the time I, I was all in, as I mentioned. So yeah, there you go. Did you yeah. ever hear the mixtape back in the day, Adrian? Not, I, you know, I don't think I ever listened to it in its entirety. I think I heard a few tracks. I remember, I, I don't know. I think it must have been a MySpace or something somewhere had a couple of the tracks, the Galang remix, the Diplo mix. Yeah. And then um, she is one of those artists that had like five MySpaces where it was never actually her. <laughs> it was just yeah. like each one had like two different songs. So you had to like go to them all. Yeah, that's true. Can yeah, it- I could. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, for me, I can't remember who I first heard it from or who recommended it to me. Um, I did know it was, you know, gaining a lot of steam, getting really popular. I don't know. This is in 2005, so I wasn't really reading blogs or anything. I wasn't that cool at the time. Um, but I probably heard it from Adrian, to be honest, or Noah. Um, but I don't know if me and Adrian had become like hip hop beat heads at the time. So, um, so yeah, one of somebody, but anyways, it just like, it blew up like on all quadrants. Like I just remember like all the homies from Santa Maria being down for it. Um, everyone in the dorms that I knew was like way into it. Even like normies, you put that on at a party, they're fucking, they're shaking their butts. So the humble Um, hippies took to it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because, you know, it has like Caribbean vibes to it and that's like related to reggae and like hip hop. And uh, I remember my roommate, Jesse, he was, he like would play that, uh, the Florida, the Diplo's like only album basically. And uh, and so I I think, and then I like made that connection. And so I got like kind of deeper entrenched with that, but. Yeah, and like it was just it was the right music for so many different circumstances, and that's kind of my biggest sense memory with it is like hearing it and like they're having like a smoke sesh, you know, if like it album's perfect for bong loads, it's perfect yeah. for just like you know like chilling, just like hanging out. It's good for heard at a ton of parties, you know, back home up in Humboldt, and it was just like it's barbecue, it kind backyard of barbecue, barbecue, baby. barbecue yeah, vibes yeah. too. Yeah, it Hell was yeah. just like. Cause like you're saying, I had that familiarity of like high energy and freestyle music, where it was like synthesized beats, kind of at times sounds like Africa Bombada and that yeah. kind of like early like, like South Bronx. Weekend, here I come. Yeah, yeah. totally. And and like Drum Shannon and all this and laser, laser rays. I mean, they're built on the same sounds, you know, and like totally, typically, yeah. you know, she was influenced by all of that, so. Of course, it's gonna you know come yeah. out sanding like yeah. That. But it was so a trip all... though when you would play it for people and you would try to explain to them how it is like freestyle and old school music. They'd be like, "What is that?" Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, and it was just like it was just bangers. And everyone, there's a point of entry for for everyone. So that like really helped me get more deeper entrenched with the album because a lot of people were recommending it a lot of people were listening to it so it's kind of like it was like a cool common ground and to like kind of make a pun is a very diplomatic album you know <laughs> like um <laughs> a lot of people could ag- a lot of people could gr- agree on it um <laughs> come together around it and um yeah and i just remember like really how aggressive and unapolog- unapologetically feminine and political it was and i thought that was like really cool and I feel like that was there was a bit of a I don't want to say a scene, but like a grouping of like artists like Santa Gold and some other things that were happening were kind of the same kind of vibe that was getting like pretty hyped. But I didn't think MIA like hit it the hardest, you know, yeah. and got the most traction out of it. And um, and I remember just like, yeah, like that album cover is super evocative and uh, the mystique around her in a way like MIA. And that's like, you know, a military term. Um, knowing about like the the Sri Lankan um, conflict with the Timul Tigers and the you know Sri Lankan government, and that was just like something that was like kind of unheard of because you know dance music can be political, hip hop's always been political, but like in the context of like music of like the global south, like in those kinds of conflicts, that added a layer of mystique to kind of you know my Western ears, and 
I mean, honestly, I think a lot of people at were hearing MII for the first time, but we're literally hearing like about Sri Lanka for the first time. I bet like not me because <laughs> I'm not sure. a dummy, but I bet I could say that a lot of people didn't even know where Sri Lanka was or is at the time. And then they're like, what? That's even crazier. She's from a country we've not even heard of, even though she's not, but you know, so like, um, so I don't know. I kind of played on people's kind of ignorance of global politics um in a good way and made it made it more and added this this like layer of depth to it um that people really got down with and um yeah just like yeah it was just bangers was never really got old and it was played a lot and it was just always always a good time but also a thought-provoking time too so yeah i feel like there's always been like refugees but they're like ignored and forgotten and maligned just because it's like, we don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Like nobody's, you know, outside of like, yeah, like reggae or certain types of protest music. Like nobody's shouting out like refugees and like, you know, people, yeah, like poor people or stuff. And she's doing it in the context of like something you could dance to. Like it, you know, it's yeah, really, yeah, really and, and, and what's interesting is all the familiarities with like hip hop and dance music. It's like that music is all made by people who are refugees in their own fucking country, you know, the United States. And we're like, yeah. you know, like a lower caste of people and a lower class of people intentionally through just like really oppressive systems. So, like, if you have a certain amount of consciousness, political or class consciousness with that, and you hear something like that, you're going to hear those threads and you're going to hear those commonalities and it's, and it's going to bang and it's yeah. going to like get you hyped up, but also feel you know, a sense of familiarity and solidarity with it too. And um, yeah. And I thought that that was, di- that, that definitely dug that and still do. And um, yeah, nothing, nothing but good memories and deep memories with the, this album. Nice. So, yeah. Um, I know we probably all listened to the shit out of this album in the past, you know, week or two. So what are you guys thinking about now? Having your most current re-listens. Nilla. Yeah, I thought it, these slap days. slapped hard it's been a minute since i listened to this thing but uh yeah i was shocked how well it played all the way through um it was crazy how familiar it was to me like i found myself singing along the whole time like i remember like every moment of it and it's funny i was thinking about now it was like Cause this album's 2005 or whatever. So it was like Fox news was taking off at that time. I feel like if she dropped this album now, like in 2021, just the same album, I feel like it'd be more of a sensation now. Cause it'd be like, who is this person? Like (laughs) talking all this shit about, refugees and terrorists and stuff like i feel like she would have became like a talking point and it was kind of crazy that she has like a hit single now with the travis scott like she had her first top 10 single whatever that means to be fair some of the coverage definitely did talk about that stuff about how she was being provocative and talking yeah. about terrorism, especially in, you know, you got to remember this is 03, 04, 05. We're right in the height of post 9 11. 
you know, Iraq and Afghanistan, it's a, it's a heavy time. And, you know, to be talking about this stuff, to be shouting out the PLO on a song, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. If it was dropped now, fucking Hannity, Tucker, they would all be fucking losing their goddamn minds. Uh, you know, I wish fucking Tucker would have listened to this in 2005. He might have had an aneurysm and did us all some fucking good. <laughs> but one can only wish one can only wish yeah what else what else do you like think about it like uh listen to it now now yeah it just reminds me of like good times good memories my early 20s um when we get into my slappers i have like a specific story about how you know a lot of her music like helped me through some like dark days we were just like i need a little bump get me through this day when i was like 20 21 and she always came through man she was always just like just smart good danceable music the shit i love she just yeah i just think she i just think this album was aged like perfectly probably more it's aged better than any album we've done so far, I would say. Yeah, that's 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 true. Uh, what yeah, about you, Adrian? I, What's a? Uh... Yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but um, oh no, dude. Uh, yeah, I actually I completely agree. I think it's it's uh, maybe not remarkable because it certainly. I think what, why this record still works and why it still works for me, like I I think it in listening to it in the past, you know week and a half or so it 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 still holds up like a motherfucker as Noah was saying like it it still hits in the same way like and and it it doesn't feel dated the references don't feel dated even though they are of a, of a specific time and place you know I, I think the production helps a lot i think because these songs are so kind of at times they're dense yeah but there's an, an airiness to it there's an openness to it that makes it feel refreshing and bubbly and rejuvenating like like you're saying Noah. i think for me personally like this 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 just makes me want to fucking bump it in like a fucking really good system in a car and drive around and you know it 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 just it is you know it, it although it covers some heavy topics and talks about you know snipers and and you know terrorists and stuff it it it's still so damn catchy and and it, you can't help but move when you're listening to this record. I, I definitely noticed that like even subconsciously when I'm doing something else, when I'm working and listening to this record, i still kind of have kind of that groove going just cause it's so, it's so elemental to what she does and the way that she's able to mix the, the political and the sort of visceral elements of the music, the way that, you know, she uses her voice or treats her voice, the way the producers are able to find little details, you know, you know the synth lines or or you know a dope sub bass or whatever like the way it's just the way it's all comes together has ensured that this this record is aged like a fine wine and like you're I, I don't disagree with you no i think you're right i think of the past you know seven records that we've done this one may be the one that holds up the best and for sure you know i think broken social scene maybe gives it a run for its money maybe the rapture or two but of those of the three of these like that this one still if you dropped it today it would sound as fresh and new and as provocative as it did then and that's really 
you know, something that you couldn't say about the other two, you know, uh, necessarily, but yeah, I think for me personally, this, this, this is a record that I've always really listened to had kind of, you know, come back to it maybe once or twice a year. Uh, maybe not the whole thing, but certainly there's tracks that I return to repeatedly and yeah, it's been a perennial favorite and now kind of getting back into the full thing. I'm like, yeah, this, this is going to be something I, I listen to for, you know, it's part of the, the canon for me now. Like I just, this, this record's so good, holds up so well. I, you know, I can't praise it more. It's just, it's, yeah, it's great. It's great. Next I had a great experience. We have, uh, we're coming to your house, Adrian, me and Caleb coming in hot. Santa Maria yeah, we're gonna style. do a we're gonna do some reenactment 2005 reenactment. Santa Maria style barbecue. <laughs> Mom's backyard. We got MIA oh, no. on the stage. This album, yeah. This is barbecue, barbecue M-A- beats, motherfucker. <laughs> Hell yeah! A bunch I'm of like beer, it. no beer in a cooler, just on the slab. Let's get this the out the way right now, right there. now, right now. Top five barbecue fucking bangers. Songs or albums or anything. Let's just do. Let's do both songs and albums. I'll get. We can mix it up. Yeah, Yeah, let's mix it up. Let's mix it up a little bit. Because are we gonna go going around and create five amongst us three or? Yeah, we'll just create five. Okay, cool. So this is on. This one's obviously on there, right? Yeah, M I A R E L A R. Okay, I'm gonna do out my back door. Credence Clearwater Revival. Hell yeah. Dude, dude, dude. I'll say that, um, which is actually something that you guys did was uh, throw on double nickels on the dime and like the whole thing. Yeah. That is a fucking fantastic summary barbecue record because, and also because it covers so much ground in terms of the sound. It's fucking, yeah. It just like this record actually in terms of, you know, mixing things up and trying different things and, yeah. Caleb? Uh, when I think of barbecue, you got to grease it up a little bit. So I got to go Thrace Hombres. Um, yeah. Just fucking. You, that music sounds like it's fucking. There's like somebody's barbecuing as like the fourth member the whole time. Um, and I guess, I don't know. Can I? We probably would say the, the number four or five or whatever is probably like 36 Chron- Chambers or something or fucking. Uh, the Chronic. 99. Oh, the yeah, there it, the there it is. There it is. There it is. That's 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 definitely it. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Because you, you know the chronic where the chronic is conceived from, and it's just a child of California. You can barbecue fucking twelve months out of the year. Can't really do that in Staten Island. I wouldn't say so. Hell yeah. We gotta do. We gotta do a whole maybe a Patreon at some point. Just like fucking. Whacker slaps guide to barbecues, <laughs> like, <laughs> both in terms of what your playlist should be, your etiquette for drinking, who should invite, the bomb recipes, the whole fucking bit. I mean, if you want a starter pack, basically grab any of the East Side Stories compilations. Uh, yeah. get a bunch of Mexican beers, some tri tip, <laughs> and you're you know you're 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 on your way. Susie yeah. Q. Yeah, you're good. And it, it preferably if you could play the music out of a car <laughs> of some sort, just like idling. That's that's your best bet for fidelity. If you're barbecuing but, um, on the West Coast from eight to midnight, just throw on that Art LeBeau. 
request hour you're good to go yeah totally totally that that request hour got me through many a night at the gas station just uh, listening yeah. to um you know shout outs from little bear and big joker. tony, big tony. <laughs> little joker joker to, big little joker sleepy to, yeah, yeah to a isenia and yvette yeah. and just uh yeah fucking classic it's just love it. dude it really just spread the love around we need more of that we need more of that like what but, up um, art a art guy request to my girlfriend crystal i want to hear uh disco daz by daz um straight up thanks art we'll see you soon baby we'll see you <laughs> soon when they oh, said yeah. see you soon that was aka it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a while <laughs> yeah that's Hey, but it, it, it was cool because like he created you know? it's yeah it's heartbreaking too because but he actually did create a, a platform for pe- or for people to communicate with people who are locked up and like you know in a time of mass continuing mass incarceration so it was like you know he was helping out he was helping out he never that, that horrible shit and he never he, he was never moralistic or judgmental or and he, yes, he knew uh, who his audience was and he, he fucking embraced real. him and he kept it fucking real and he wore, I think he wore a suit in the studio the whole time too. He's like one of those classy, classy dudes. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Let me go into uh, my current reactions to this album. Uh, yeah. I was, what well, was, I was anticipating listening to this album. I was like excited too because I hadn't revisited it in a while. But I also thought it was going to be kind of an undertaking. Not, it's because I didn't think it was, it's not, it's incredibly listenable. <laughs> but uh, just knowing how like, how many tracks there were like all the different influences all the different producers i thought it was going to be just kind of this this dense thing to get you know to get through and analyze responsibly you know but it was such a breezy listen from the get-go like i only listened to it twice all the way through and i feel like i got everything out of it that i needed to do to be prepared and um it's yeah it's still it just bangs and it's like it tells you what it is from the get-go from like that intro you know, it just like tells you how militant it is and how hard it is. And and it's just and it's really fun, too. It's like a, it was just like a really fun listen. And I think some of the Diplo pieces of it can come off as a little gimmicky because that guy's a little bit of a bro. But I mean, that's not all of it. And she definitely added her own spin to his beats and like really tampered him down because, you know, you saw what that dude would become. And like, thank God she was in you know, was there to like, not let him go like fucking rough shot over everything. And um, so, yeah, that, that, those parts of her, you know, not the best, but I mean, yeah, it was like, like you all were saying, it's just like, it was incredibly fun to listen to. And over the years um, and, you know, primarily shout out to Jen. I mean, every other record Jen buys is not from the United States and is not made by white people. Um, so like just in the household, we listen to a lot of music from all over the globe and a lot of different types of that. You know, sometimes it's music that has traditional drumming on it. Sometimes it's like a Japanese response to surf music. And sometimes it's Afrobeat or, you know, hip hop from all over the world. So I've become accustomed to just like the world of music, not world music, the world of music. I need to clarify there. And um and so just to hear all that familiarity, to hear, you know, Caribbean music, to hear, you know, West African music, to hear reggae, to hear, you know, like DIY hip hop and all of that. Yeah. All of that is like to hear 
Bollywood music to hear Sri Lankan music. You know, it's like to hear all of that and kind of be more familiar with it and how that all just like weaves in together was like really dope and it made for such an engaging listen and it wasn't hard to listen to at all. I mean, for an album that's throwing that many things in there and mixing it all up and making it all work, it's like done with a relative amount of confidence and ease. And that's like, we should all be so lucky to have that on like a debut album. So, I mean, yeah, shout out to MIA, shout out to this album. Um, had a great time and my, uh, yeah, it was like, it was like I was back in 2005 and just getting, getting stoked on it. And, um, yeah, just being excited about it. But there is, I did have this weird sensation. I was listening to it in my car and if I were to roll up to like somebody I know and I got out and they were like, he like, are you listening to MIA? Are you listening to that album? I wouldn't feel embarrassed cause I really like it, but it is like, it's a bit of a, it's like a flex or something. It's like, clout. you know, it's like, clout yeah, no, it's like, it, it was so like of its time, but it's so like relevant now. Cause like music is sounds more like that now than it did back then, you know? And, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just like, I feel like I would have to explain to somebody why I'm listening to it. Not because of it, it's a guilty pleasure or any of that no, shit. But, but it's Caleb, like, I think this is one of those albums that'll just get forgotten. Like it was so influential at the time, but like, I think my beef with a lot of albums we cover from the early 2000s indie rock, I think are just forgettable albums that you don't need to listen to. But I think a lot of 2000 music is going to get like thrown on the, the dust pile of just like, eh, it's all new stuff. We got to listen to everything new. Like it doesn't matter what influences are just as long as it's banging and new. Yeah, or it's like we can let this one go because every yeah, other cares. like hip hop album song or like yeah. new R and B, newfangled R and B kind of sounds like this, but like this is, this is just old head shit. Well, yeah. I think it also you know part of that too is that this record got as hyped and as big as it was. It kind of got outshone by the second record, which was even bigger and even more hyped and, yeah. you know, and had an Great. even bigger hit. And I think that that's kind of caused this one to, to sort of, yeah, kind of uh, shrink into the background, which is a, is a shame. Cause I think this one, I mean, obviously that, that second record is also very influential and, you know, really very, very good through and through. And I'm sure maybe we'll, we'll get to that one eventually, but this one, you know, as you're saying, like, it, there's so many sounds on here. There's so many elements on here that have become just part, like, naturally have just become part of the DNA of modern, you know, hip hop, of modern pop music. I mean, yeah. you got Bad Bunny out here, you know, you, you got all these cats and, 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 you know, and, and women, the, all these people, you know, uh, doing Bad this, Bunny, the same thing. Talking to you, homie. <laughs> I mean, I like Bad Bunny. And I like a yeah, lot Bad of Bad Bunny's the shit. But it's like, no, but you know, he's sampling Timbaland and Missy Elliott. Yeah, yeah so he's. Think... It's kind of a full circle cycle thing of like, you know, now these things are just so a given that yeah, they're you know you're put you're brushing up reggaeton with with Timbaland and and it all makes sense because it all was is building on what these when MIA what Timbaland what all these people were doing in the two thousands in the early to mid two thousands. It's also people have the confidence to be like, I like this. Why wouldn't I put this in a beat? Why wouldn't I sample this? You know, and you don't need to explain yourself anymore. I feel like in 2005, you kind of had to give more all this context and kind of equivocate on why you were like into something or using it. But now it's just like, no, it's like, fuck that. 
this is this is me this is my vibe and i'm gonna i'm gonna put this in a song yeah. and it's gonna be a banger probably and that bunny's last album was literally like translates to like i do what i want i don't care what you think like that's yeah, literally exactly. what, like, international <laughs> yeah. and i think bad bunny is like dope because he's like yeah i am an international pop star and american kids everybody loves my shit because i make yeah. good fucking music and yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Judged, like I think. Yeah, and MIA, white America, your kids are fucking to my music. So I think MIA <laughs> cleared the way Deal for with him. It. I think MIA, yeah, she set the screen for all these homies to come through. Where it's just like, yeah, just make good, crazy music. She doesn't the door open in a way, or she 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 broke down those walls in a in a way that I think other artists had done before. You know, like, you know, we could talk about like, you know, the Talking Heads or Paul Simon or any of these white artists, Fucking white male white artists, trash. Homie. Yeah. Who, who were trying to do this kind of thing in the 80s and the 90s. And it's like, you know, I, I like that music. And I certainly, you know, I Graceland's great record, you know, Remain in Light obviously is an all time banger. But stop apartheid. But like, it's just she she really took it to this next level, I think, also because because she is, you know, uh, a woman of color or however you want to say it she because she she was kind of this van she, she was a new artist for a new era and she really broke down kind of the barriers that artists like her had experienced before by just yeah. basically like you're saying caleb this 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 as a for a debut this is one of the most confident most you know uh yeah. swaggering brash you know whatever keywords you want to use there the debuts of, of all time like she she was so confident in herself in who she was her image and her her you know her everything she wanted to say that it and it comes across in the music and and that i think that's part of why it's indelible why it's it stands the test of time and i think that's also why it was so influential because like you're saying it it showed people like yeah like it showed people like bad bunny like fuck it fuck those people do what you want to do do what feels right for you make the songs the songs the sounds that you want to make and just put it out and people will fucking dig it it doesn't matter like that old school mentality of like well i don't know is it is it you know will it sell if you know we put uh a, you know a, a a dub you know sound on here will it's if there's a dance hall be here like it that's gone like and and it's part of the reason is this record and other records like it that were coming out of this time. But certainly she, you know, she pushed it forward in a way that a lot of other artists are now benefiting from. And a lot of, you know, the music that we listen to now is still influenced by it, even if it's, you know, sort of uh, this record's kind of forgotten as that touchstone. Basically what we're trying to say is MIA, you're not MIA to us. Okay. <laughs> Shout out. She was uh, like Madonna. <laughs> This album was like like a virgin. Oh right, original, but yet referenced things, but was controversial. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And uh, yeah, when we get back, let's listen to some songs. We're gonna tell you all what's uh, slapping. Yeah, so we're gonna go around and do the uh, the slappers part. So uh, if you guys don't mind, I can I could set it off. Set it off. Queen Latifah, baby. Yeah, that's a good fucking movie. Um, anyways, yeah, I think the song, I mean, I'm sure this is gonna come up again and we might all share this slapper, but um is definitely for me the one that just like 
encapsulates everything that's like and dope about this album is the Bucky Dungon gun. Bucky Dungon gun. It's hard to say. Sorry. Um, Dungon. Yeah, that song is just fucking. It's banger. It's like definitionally a slapper and banger, and that's like I think that's like the metric which all other slappers should be like you know um judged against henceforth um it just has like in crazy just loco percussion it has all that like intentionally shitty like midi samples of like that the trumpet break that comes in later it sounds like sounds like me and noah we were at the lake earlier we saw this dude like shadow boxing doing fucking mia just getting oh boy is going in yeah, just like MMA, but shadow boxing, just like he was pretending like he was holding dude someone down, ripped. beating the shit out of him. Dude Super was ripped. ripped. We've seen dude before, and I think Homeboy is ripped on straight shadow boxing. Like, that's it's how not even shadow bumped. boxing. Only, it's, it, I think it, it is. So. Sh- it is shadow beatdowns. Like, yeah, it's, it's haymakers. <laughs> no. It's not like not like throwing the jab. He just goes like. But his but his movements are not are totally remind me of like the the drum part in that song. Adrian, he goes up to like a lamppost and gets like as close as he can to hitting it and throws a haymaker at it, like ah, only with his right hand. He's extremely right sided. He might need to like a tray from uh, uh, Boys in the Hood style when he comes home. (laughs) Fuck! 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 I mean, the man is probably frustrated as shit. I mean, yeah. Yeah, totally. But anyways, we were watching that dude do this. We were listening to this album and like that part, like that, like the bridge or whatever, where where the trumpets come in. It sounds like boxing music. You know, it sounds like (laughs) somebody like putting their hands up and getting hyped up. Yeah. Yeah. Ready to to fucking fight. And that might be like Diplo's Philly thing because he's all in the Philly. Rocky on the beat. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it's just it's has such an anthem vibe to it. And it's just fucking I don't know. I think it's like just distills everything that's sick about this album, about her her whole career into and it comes like the third song. So it's like, you know, it's a fucking banger from the get go. And yeah, it really just sets the sets a good pace. So let's hear a little little slice of that if you can. Yeah, here's a little bit of Bucky Dungun. Yeah, and just like her, her like bars and stuff are just like super fierce and sexual, and it's like ah, yeah, it's totally sick, totally sick, and um, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, it's kind of creepy, but um, but <laughs> I'd like to hear what you guys' slappers are because I don't want to like you know I'm pr- I don't want to say something else that somebody else has, so um, we can come back to my, my other one. No, I have I have a couple, but I just wanted to make sure you guys got your piece in in case we had we had repeats. Okay, Adrian, yeah, you know, trying these new formats out, you know, we gotta Adrian go in, go in on them. <laughs> uh, well, I Cloud. definitely had um, definitely had Bucky Dungun on mine on my list for sure, my short list here. Uh, there's a few Cloud tracks chasing. I could talk about. I think so. Listening to this this morning. The one that really was hitting pretty good 
there's like a in the middle of the record there's like a, a few track kind of um uh like three three or four tracks where it's kind of on, just like a perfect flow yeah a little sweet in the middle of the record where like it just one banger after another but what uh the one that really stood out to me today was uh uh bingo um, yeah see yeah. that's why i wanted to do this because that was my next banger so i see all time slap good thing i made song. space good thing i made space anyways yeah bingo what what, what say you hell yeah um it's just you know so many of these tracks are just like you know they take like the buggy dung gun's a good example because it takes like this bile funk uh trumpet kind of thing and it mixes with it the, the 505 kind of you know hand claps and 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 bass kind yeah. of thing that's classic um, and Bingo does the same kind of thing, but it also has like this sort of um, it's like very sly and like, I don't know, she, she her vocal take on this song is like really, really fun. And it's just like the beat is like it, it everything about all the elements just come together where it's just like swaggering and and fun. And and, you know, like you're saying, Caleb, her her. Uh, her bars are just fucking good and hold up even though like it's kind of dated in the sense of like she's talking about very you know some of her references are like specific to the time but it doesn't necessarily it doesn't feel dated like it still feels yeah. fresh um, well and then also Adrian, i want to add like everybody ripped off mia shortly yeah. after she became famous i mean she toured with gwen stefani but like Gwen Stefani ripped off like the whole banana skit and Hey, I don't talk this, about my girl like that. I think <laughs> this don't song talk about Gwen. She's the best fucking judge on that fucking show. <laughs> yeah, she is good. She is a judge book. of talent. Don't um, just kidding. But I think she ripped off MIA. And then same with this song, the bingo. Uh what's her name? Fergie ripped it off with that London Bridges song. I think a lot of people were biting her style. I don't Definitely. think white women would ever do that though to to, to a woman of color. <laughs> That's like really not white of rich white women's thing. I don't know. Yeah. It seems a little out of character for that group of people. Gwen, when she was doing her hard to cookie girls, what was that thing called? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking cringe. Yeah. <laughs> oh she man. She even did the whole banana, like B-A-N-A is weird. I think she just yeah. ripped off MIA style for like two years. And MIA, I think, toured with her. So I guess it was all mutual. Yeah. 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 Well, let's hear. Let's hear and the other thing, thing is though. she ruined Talk Talk for a bunch of people because Talk Talk's a fucking wonderful band. And like they have those, like those two, uh, the Spirit of Talking Eden and Laughing Stock. But you bring up like, you bring up that band and they're like, uh, and they're like, oh, like the Gwen Stefani song in the cover. You're like, no, not that fucking song, you idiot. So I don't know. <laughs> she exposed all the like, oh, even she that, had a their song cover called that's Talk fun. Talk. No, she did the It's My Life that cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is talk yeah. and talk talk's like an awesome, you know, like yeah. kind of but I mean but she's weird. Like at least she tried with like no doubt because they're trash, but she knew she's like <laughs> she's like appropriating culture. So at least she had like those reggae artists like rapping on her track, like what uh bounty bounty hunter or whatever like at least she like gave some of these reggae artists some shine at least yeah i mean there's plenty of artists who have just ripped it off and not really paid credence to yeah. the originators are artists within the genre so that's Rock that's fair Daddy. 
What was that? But you're totally right, though, Noah. Like a lot of those art, they did like a white lady feminism thing. They're like, yeah, girl power or whatever. But it's like, yeah, this is also intersectional in terms of like what MIA's identity and where this music is coming from. It's just not for anybody to like, you know, co opt. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's, oh, man. Hear we're going to get the bit. hashtag girl bosses coming after me. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so here's, uh, here's a little bit of bingo. Yeah, man, the still drums, slammer. still drums, dude. Yeah, still drums just really fucking tie the room together. And it's like the way everything's layered, like the steel drums, the kind of buzzy synth line, like, and then her and her vocals, which are just again, like, so swaggering, so like confident. It's just, yeah, you can't help but like just fucking jam to this this tune. Like, to me, that sounded like a modern day hit. Like, if she came out with that in 2021, like, I think it'd be a hit. So many of these tracks, you could say that, like, and not even like. not even the single. Sorry, Caleb. Not to. Not to. No, I'd say by and by hit you mean they would like be playing in a Hulu commercial because that's like, <laughs> oh, that's God. true. Like, you know, because nobody's moving units yeah. and shit yeah. anymore. Oh, but that's boy. Like... Um, bingo. Yeah. I was fucking bingo to me. Like I, I got all high. I was like walking around. Don't tell <laughs> nobody. I got all fucking stoned. Oh, shit, um, but uh i went to a 420 CPS. friendly baby i was on my no, it's legal off. now <laughs> no I, I say still, what i still smoke that illegal shit baby <laughs> smoke um, k2 dude i'm smoking spice but i was in like a cvs and it was like on my day off and i was like too high and i had this on my headphones like staring like, at the glow worms yeah for, like, i was like it's bingo and I was like, oh shit. I was like, I'm fucking like tripping Sigma. right now. I felt like I was in like a hype Williams video. <laughs> Just perusing like the snacks. I was like, it's bingo. Now I'm buying some Swedish fish. What? Okay, nice. let's do what are your go to gummies, snacks, stoner gummy snacks? Snackers. I'm a chip head. Snackers. I'm a chip head. <laughs> I mean, I love salt and vinegar chips. Lace, Hell yeah. Salt Shout out salt and vinegar. Shit. But Caleb, yeah. I mean, I love fucking M&M's, chocolate, ice cream. Yeah, I'm I a fuck with the head. I like the little Haribos, <laughs> the little soda bottles. Those are fucking good. Oh, hell yeah. The cola. When you're like, yeah. you guys oh, buy you those? That's a little... too novelty to me. I go for like the classic. You got a little 420 friendly? <laughs> Need a little snack and something fun to eat. I never buy gummy candy to be honest. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, I just I just got some gummies, some uh trolley uh sour worms. Yeah, trolleys are gummy. fucking good. Yeah. You gummies know what I've been up because Easter season, praise Jesus, Jesus <laughs> has risen. Oh, this is a Christian Sunday. podcast. Yeah, this is Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday, everyone. Oh yeah. He wrote he wrote in. In the temple, they laid down the palms because he couldn't yeah, touch the ground. Waving. Because the Christ, Christ our Lord. Can you imagine? Could you imagine what Christ must have been dealing with? 
Okay, okay, okay. Save it, save it for the for our Christian spinoff. Okay. Yeah, we're, that, we're recording that one after this. No, you got your the podcast. Man, the man said, "Hey, hey, human race, I got this. I'm gonna die for your sins." <laughs> Oh, I, I wish I wish the <laughs> listeners could see how into, into the bit. Yeah, Noah maybe got. we should start doing the YouTube thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I've never been into the gummies, but the uh, Cadbury, the eggs, the Ooh, like shit. the crunchy, the, they're like the M&M version of the Cadbury. Oh, not the ones that have shit. That, like, not the out. caramel. Oh, not, not, not the, the caramel. classic. But the yeah. the hard can't like the you know what I'm talking about the uh, huh I don't know it's the yeah, other you can do Cadbury. a whole bolsita of those and like fucking it's the other flat. Cadbury eggs like the milk chocolate Cadbury eggs with like the candy oh. shell that is the shit yeah nice. well but anyway Jesus yeah, so Christ what's Jesus your Christ, uh... <laughs> what's your banger you know, Noah? The, you know what the ultimate banger is guys Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, if you think about it, Jesus is the ultimate slapper. He Christ slaps, said, guys. Jesus slaps. Christ said, hang me. <laughs> oh, you got the nails? Oh, you want me to cross my legs, sir? Hang me. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is getting weird. We're getting off. We are all Catholic school boys. That's Tom where we're at. Well, cutting room floor we're... over here. Yeah. You built the cross. Hang me. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. What's your banger now? What's your yeah? Uh, no, what do you got banger. So you Jesus. already said bingo. Bingo is my number one banger. I love that song. But uh, the next song is Ombre, and that's a slapper for me. Nice, nice. Let's hear a little piece. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah, Ombre, also part of that little uh, that little middle of the album suite that i was talking about yeah it's just like dance floor banger right here hang me <laughs> here's a little bit of ombre Some lines in Portuguese there at the beginning. Yeah. Oh. Shout out. Shout out. Um, Portuguese speaking countries, not necessarily Portugal. And then, so it's still on me. Yeah. If you got another banger, please, please share. The one other banger I have is like a personal thing. Uh, sun showers, which um, also features a sample that uh, Ghostface Killer sampled uh, on uh, Bulletproof Wallets. And he called it uh, Ghost ghost Showers was when he sampled it. It's by somebody called like Savannah Band. I can't remember exactly what the sample is. But this album, uh, this song was like a personal story for me. I remember it being like, 2021 when this album came out and I was working at a deli shout out uh, Dino's Deli and oh uh, yeah shout out sandwiches sandwiches the Rubens 
Yeah, Caleb, I made you a Reuben there once. And a uh, source for underage drinking. <laughs> but uh, I was on my lunch break, and I was, like, hating life, dude. I was, like, down and out. I was crying into my caprese, my caprese sandwich. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I can't. You know that feeling when you're, like, 19, 20 we're just like anywhere but here. Like I gotta get out. Like, but you don't know where. So I was feeling that shit. I was like, "Get me out of here!" Like I gotta get this shift over with, and like, I'll deal with everything later. But I was like, "Just get me out of this moment." And I had my my disc man, and I put on this song, and I was like, "All right, she, MIA, she gave me enough bump." to just like get through the the shift and i'll always remember it i was sitting at dino's deli on on a college street in santa maria and it was like a rainy day and i was like staring out the window i was like fuck lord m.i.a whoever get me out of this (laughs) just let me end this shift and like get home and (laughs) fucking regroup because i was like i was feeling down but this song always like the song like brings me up. Like this is like an inspirational song for me. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Uh, well, here is a little of a. Uh, Thanks for sunshine. sharing that, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, music is powerful. And, you know, uh, if you're coming, like, I, I feel you. If you're coming from a, a home, uh, you know, your hometown, a small town, and, yeah. you know, stuff like this can really transport you and make you feel like connected to something bigger and, and inspiring, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a cool video too. Yes, yes. Uh so here's a little bit of sun showers. So if you ever heard the Ghostface song, Ghostface literally just takes the chorus and changes it to ghost showers like he's <laughs> want to do. That's it. Ghost band- Shower sounds like one of your made up bands too. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> they don't try to pull that shit later. You're know, <laughs> on to you. <laughs> the band they're sampling, it's like a guy named something and like the, the Savannah- Dr. Buzzard's original Savannah band. Savannah band, yeah. There that uh, that song is super cool cool song that they sample yeah, that's like a big cool band, like, swing influenced disco band oh, fuck i want to hear that that's yeah it is like it's, it's like a swing disco yeah it's weird that's wild. have you ever heard that song it, no i can't say i have i just looked it up right it's now it's a weird yeah it's like a bluesy it's weird because it's like from 1976 like, but it sounds like it's from like you know 1942 like, like it sounds like a weird blues yeah. song by way of disco or something it's kind of timeless like i guess mia is timeless but that's cool because that's probably just like hearing those two genres together it's like a story of the you know the diaspora in yeah. a way you know all the and way then, from like big band jazz and what jazz came from all the way into disco and then yeah. to use that on like a hip-hop kind of influence track both times it's like that's a cool like fucking uh arc 
that yeah. shit goes through. And the video, she's like in like a rainforest, like chilling in like a treehouse in a rainforest. It was a cool video. She looked. Yeah, I think fun. that was one of her. First I'd rather be doing that than making sandwiches mistaken. for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, get me out of here, take me to the third world, baby. <laughs> uh all right well um kale did you have another um i mean i think the, most of the album holds up so like bingo was my second one um so yeah i can i uh, can see the seed my time to one of y'all if you guys got a secondary slap or yeah well i mean i i had a couple of others uh galang is one that's kind of like the, the other big hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we'd be remiss if we didn't listen to a little bit of that. Um, yep. But, you know, it, it, I think this, I think it was also released as a single in late 2000, maybe early 2005, late 2004. But it was definitely one of the first songs I heard from her. And it was one of the ones that I was like, oh, like, what, what is this? Like when I heard it, my ears perked up. I was like, oh, this is a little bit, this is different. You know, I mean, it, you know, obviously it, it's uh, got a basis in a lot of stuff that I was into at the time or starting to get into at the time, you know, whether it's hip hop or, you know, whatever. But like uh, to, to hear this, especially in like 2004, 2005, it was just like, oh, it was kind of a, a eye opening experience of like, oh, this is this sounds super fresh <clears throat> and uh, and super good. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on the on this track? Yeah, it's just like to hear like the London Calling shout out, you know, throughout the song. London it's like, oh, it's fucking cool. Especially like when you're coming out of like in your adolescence, you know, most most people got had a, you know, an interest in punk rock and shit. And I, I know I definitely didn't still do. So to hear like that, like reference on a track like this and like how it works together is like fucking sick. It's like sick, you know, we're on this together. It's like solidarity cross genre. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Myself, I was early on those posters with the keep calm and carry on. <laughs> so like London calling, anything British. I was I was such a you know real Anglophile was, you are. I was such an Anglophile. Anglophile. <laughs> I was such an Anglophile. <laughs> Remember Jay Z? He was like, I'm the Anglophile. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that track. He's like, hey, <laughs> hey, y'all, I'm an angle pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, here's here's a little bit of galang. Uh, here we go. I, that got played on the radio and stuff. Like that was a legit kind of hit song. Yeah, yeah like even I mean, though, for good reason. Uh, well, yeah, even though she didn't um, get a number one until last year, uh, these she definitely tra- uh, hit the the charts with this. I don't know. I can't recall which one of these. I think I think it may have been Galang actually, but you know, it was yeah. You're like you're saying it definitely became. Um, one of her calling cards, let's say, or one of her most uh, well-known songs for good reason. I mean, it is a banger. It, it does take, it kind of takes everything that this record does well, you know, the, the dope beat incorporating sort of these disparate elements of, you know, quote unquote world music 
uh and then just like a super you know super clever super fun vocal uh so yeah. like yeah it makes sense that this one you know blew up uh off the record and then I, one thing that was really memorable for me going back to this is thinking like oh shit like th- like girl girl talk basically took like so much shit from this record like so many drum sounds you know i think he he drops galang like three or four times on that one uh that first one that blew up uh so this stuff was like starting to permeate into other things you know she was being you know tapped to be like on hip-hop songs uh and for you know for because of songs like this you know absolute bangers hell yeah hell yeah you got madonna's attention that's for sure (laughs) you know madonna never listens to like new music She's just like, give me that fucking Indian girl. She's <laughs> Sri Lankan. He's like, whatever. Fucking give me a fucking hit maker. What so this I would have been. You? Th- what do I pay you for? This is obviously after she dropped the fake English accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, I'm from fucking Queens, you fuck. <laughs> uh. So did we feel like we adequately uh, slapped, covered all the slappers? Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's take her ride into the flopper whacker zone, such as it is on this album. What does anybody have anything that's whacker, kind of neither here nor there kind of song? I think me and Kayla, me and you have the same one. Yeah, yeah. I, might, I think we were. I might be simpatico with you on that one. It's okay, let's all say it at the same time. Song. Ready? One, yeah. two, three. You are, you are a, a QT. Quit. You're you're a quit. You're a quit. Wait, isn't okay. that the isn't that that movie with the uh, Philip Glass uh, soundtrack? Koyana Squatsy. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's about everything's interconnected, right? Yeah. That's um, called my screensaver. That ain't shit. <laughs> You recorded that's something. called I've also done psychedelics before, guy. Uh, congratulations, you recorded an office building turning their lights off. Big whoop. I don't know, that must have been mind blowing back in 1982. Yeah. Koyana is trash. <laughs> I disagree, I like that movie. But, uh... Hot take. I have next... never I have never seen it because somebody in college, of course, described what it was to me, and I said cool. And then never watched it. <laughs> I think I saw. I think that's after. where I saw it for the first time is in uh, college film class. Those gatekeepers are gonna get at, get it, get at it. It, it kind of seems like a movie that, like a, your uh, professor, your film professor, who like sits backwards in a chair, would tell you about after class. He's like, <laughs> "Hey, Adrian, you want to stay after class? You got some interesting ideas. Let's rap a little bit. <laughs> let's rap, <Check> brother. <laughs> yeah, let's rap. Dude turns his hat backwards." <laughs> uh no he no was, I, yeah. my film my film professor was cool shout out tim webb cool tim webb, he was cool I had um it. but yeah so let's talk about this track because it's funny that all of us agree that this is the one track that like could be it's like a novelty song it, you forget she even made it, it doesn't even yeah fit on it does it kind of like it's a little jarring because you know like the the mobile phone part of it and then like the you knew that's like that existed somewhere in her oeuvre but yeah i forgot that was kind of on the back end of that album and i don't know i found it a little just too goofy and i think diplo did diplo co-produce this song 
Yes, I believe this is a Diplo track. Yeah, so you can kind of hear his tongue-in-cheek kind of white boy sensibility on it, and it's just well, I not, mean, um, when you're sampling Sanford and Son theme song, right, like, right, which is when I was is dope. I think it's just the lyrics is the yeah, one that song, dude, comes that, off as corny or something. Yeah. The fucking Sanford and Son theme song is the most common earworm that I get in my life. That fucking <laughs> song is stuck in my head. I mean, constantly. talk about only, bangers. Yeah, I know. It's I've only ever seen that show like probably twice because a lot of like 70s what? sitcoms are kind of hard to watch. Yeah, oh, I'm not, that's watch not really that. my watch, jam. Do you ever I love that train show. on basic cable? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. You I don't get like... uh what is that? Uh, the my TV? Yeah, cozy. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, no, I don't, I don't think I get any of that stuff. But it's like, yeah, it's like you're couch locked after like yeah, three pong loads locked. and you're Stunner. like Stunner oh, TV fuck. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> because you're literally you're immobile and you have no other choice. But yeah, the Sanford and Slung song bangs. Um used in this context though, I don't know, it really didn't work for me. It's interesting because this one was actually the one track that was uh, a problem i think this is the one where they had trouble with the sample clearance and so it was originally left off of the first pressing of this release in the u.s uh, um which i think actually was a smart call to be honest with you like you're saying it's it's kind of jarring i mean after ten dollar yeah. which you know all of the rest of the songs kind of have this similar vibe a similar sound even if they they're you know approaching it differently this is the one that that just stands out and you know maybe if you put it somewhere else on the record it might make sense but to me this is yeah, the one skippable track nowhere on the record maybe the b-side of galang yeah like or like a single yeah. like a novelty single or something i don't know like i i like the, the track it's is, is, weird <laughs> well like i, I like Adrian, the track why, don't you give us, why don't you just play us the play just this. play us the sanford and song theme Jeez. song don't even <laughs> The, well let's, well, let's yeah I, <laughs> uh, uh what was it uh elizabeth i'm coming to join you um i had this stage in, I, I i put this song sounded like a label note where it's like you gotta have like a hit song on there yeah you know what the kids are into these days sanford and son <laughs> well let's, let's hear let's hear a little bit of this so we get a, a taste of a feel of what it is you big dummy the sample is dope but just everything else the vocal like, sample is dope because that dude cracks me fuck up <laughs> could we yeah, hear the sanford and sung song yeah let me cue that up but um for me like <laughs> i don't know i think it, it just it's not necessarily a bad song again but it just it, keep it off the record like we don't need it here i think yeah, it was smart yeah, to take no. it off um and i and you know obviously subsequent pressings and the spotify and all of you know i'm sure apple music and all that now use it uh use include the song but you know if or if you like attach it at the end as like a uh, a bonus track i think that would have been way better it just it disrupts the flow I don't know. It's it's the one track that I think is skippable. Not necessarily bad, but definitely skippable. 
That is what streaming has destroyed is the hidden track. We'll never get that again. Oh, the or like the um we have one secret, on here. Secret track. There is yeah. But now but it's, it's not, all like you see it. You see it on the stream. I'm, no, but I'm it's only C D. Like records never had that. Cassettes never had that. Well records, records had, you know, like stuff in the in the um runoff groove and stuff, like the Beatles. Like yeah, the walk grooves and stuff. Yeah. But uh Anyways. it's not the same as like in the era where you'd like, you know, you have to rewind 30 seconds before the first track yeah. and you get the yeah. little pre the or you know, eggs. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, um, speaking of so here's a, here's a little bit of uh, Sanford and Son intro to see where that uh, sample comes from. MIA, we're here to stay. Throw out the junk. What's the fun? <laughs> Wait, that wait, is a tight band, dude. That's not fucking dude. rules. <laughs> I'm trying to hit the cipher. <laughs> and then a cipher. <laughs> trying oh, to hit the cipher. Yeah. Throw me in the tresser. I damn can't pass her. Feel like the cancer. I am missing in trash. Damn. That song is definitely not trash. Uh okay. fucking love that song. Is that all of our duds? Yeah, I think that's I think that's we all have you the know, same covers it all. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah we're all we're all simpatico on this, man. I wanted we're to all highlight the same mind. Some samples here. Yeah, for sure. There's only like a couple notable. But did we talk about the Quincy Jones Fire Fire? Did we already talk about that? No. Uh no, we didn't talk about that track. I had that that's on my honorable one. mention list though. So Fire Fire Song Five. She messing she uh mentions missy and timbaland and that's the one she mentions uh lou reed and pixies and bc's but there's a quincy jones sample right about the minute 30 mark um from the song ironside which is also sampled in the uh quentin tarantino um whatchamacallit movies yeah, and the Kill, Kill Bill movies. Kill Bill movies. Yeah. Yeah, let's um I'm gonna start it a little bit earlier than that so we get some of the that verse that shout out that shout outs uh, other artists. Uh, but here we go. Here's a little fire fire. Yeah, I just want to say shout out to Quincy Jones. If you go to any record store, any thrift store, pick up like in the used section, they will have Quincy Jones albums and you'll get them and like his scores, his movie scores, his original albums. Like he's the most like he's one of the most influential artists of the 21st century, even if you discount Thriller. Like he's been sampled so many times. Like, and you could go to a record store now and get such a cheap, like, you could find his albums for like a dollar. And I guarantee you, you'll hear 
familiar sounds because he's so sampled like yeah and he used really crisp musicianship and stuff so, yeah. so it makes pulling a sample out like pretty pretty easy not easy but like um it just works with it you know in a lot of different beat contexts yeah also uh, a very I, interesting storyteller if you if you have a chance look up any of the interviews that he's done in the past couple of years oh, oh man he's gone like some gems he's, he's doing the sickest old man thing right now it's fucking <laughs> he, he, he dropping all the tea as the kids say yeah, he did richard according to him richard richard Pryor spilled tea on uh marlon brando's uh yeah. poster <laughs> and according to him he's a former <laughs> he's a former lover of ivanka trunk <laughs> Uh, no, I think he did awesome. lay anybody he wanted to. I mean, yeah. yeah. Shout out Quincy Jones, all time. Yeah, right brain there. tumor. He had a brain tumor in his height, in his the height of his fame. Yeah. All right, dude. You know. Right on. Yeah. Um, should we move on to our ratings? We have to. We've been recording for like fucking three hours already. <laughs> yeah. Our partners are like. Where are these guys? They're MIA. <laughs> More like <laughs> DUI. <laughs> Been there. DUI. Uh, <laughs> okay. Welcome back to a DUI. Story. Yeah, what would you what Adrian, would you what was that 7-Eleven when you got that DUI? <laughs> what were you trying to buy? <laughs> we're not going <laughs> I was going for a pack of uh, smoke sprites. No, fuck no. Probably a pack of uh, carb. Uh, I think I was smoking camel lights at that point. Caleb, you know what that means, kids? Don't smoke. Drinking <laughs> yeah. driving's fine, but don't smoke. Also, don't drink and drive. <laughs> yeah, don't go <laughs> That's to the kind of the main point. Don't get caught. Uh, anyways, let's Ratings. rate this. Ratings. Who's going? Um, whoever wants to jump in. Adrian, you go first, buddy. You're the oldest. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's true, but okay. Um, that's the opposite of true. Here's uh, so okay. Uh, I, I eight six is a pretty good score, I will say, but it does that's feel bad. still too low, almost for this record. Low. Um, you know, I was I I considered going eight oh eight, eighty eight, eight point eight, just you know, but I, I use that bit already. What do they use a five oh five? She uses the five oh five. But instead, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take that those two fives, add them together, and give this bad boy a ten. I think this is Whoa, a perfect ten record. You heard it here, even folks. even with URAQT. I think this is still a perfect ten, and, and you know and it helps would, that it was not necessarily you know it, it was dropped on that one version. I think as they would say anyways. in West London, "Oi, Adrian, can you give me a ten at?" And then you would say, <laughs> "It's a perfect yeah, record mate. in it, in it, <laughs> in mate." It. Give me a 10 spot, mate. Yo. Yo, Adrian. 10. This is a 10. Adrian, I've been listening to this album all week. And like I said, I I still keep up with M.I.A. She's one of my favorite musicians, really, if I'm being honest. I think she's still very great. And I was trying to like nitpick this album where I'm like, eh, the secret song, the MIA song, the secret song. Like, can you really judge it? That's just like a, a relic of the CD era. And I was thinking about You Are a QT, but a lot of the times a 10.0 album doesn't have to be a perfect album. It has to just be 
a perfect yeah. album for you. Yeah, a classic mm. album. And I Good think point. I think I like her second album more, but I'm not going to talk myself out of giving this a 10.0. This is a 10.0. Oh. It's a perfect album. It's a 10.0. Wow. Well, it's not a perfect album, but it's a 10.0 album. I'll just say that. Nice. 10.0 from the child, man. From the child. <laughs> Mama. Mama, I'm coming home. 10.0. Nice. All right. All right. So no pressure here. Um, <laughs> I am not going to give it a 10.0. I don't think that it isn't in a way. Um, but personally... I feel like re-listening to it, I really, really fucking enjoyed it, and it hit me. I don't know. It hits. It check, checks off a lot of fucking boxes, and um, but you know, so at times I felt a little claustrophobic of a listen. Some of it sounded a tiny bit aged to me, but like you know, that's not really the album's fault. It's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh man, I mean, just fuck. Helen Mirren is so hot. She's hell yeah um uh so i'm gonna give this album a nice round 9.0 i think it's fucking super fucking strong and um its flaws aren't really that bad so 9.0 for me no he's still good all right so let's put this through our supercomputer Hal, what is the average score Hal? well caleb it's a 9.7 seven yeah, it's a 10.7 somehow. It's a 9.7. <laughs> yep. This is kind of cool on Palm Sunday. It's actually a 9.6666667. Double beast. Take that. Jesus. So we all know what we've rated this album. It comes out to about a 9.7. But on the smooth scale, what are you giving this? How does this stack up to... Smooth by Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas and Matchbox 20. Oh, man. I think this is of a piece. It's like that California, you know, hitting it, barbecue, your dad's listening to it. Be like, hey, dad, you ever hear Galang? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dad, check out Galang by MIA. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Caleb, yeah, like, and then and then our dad, just, our dad Paul would be, he'd like, be into it. Yeah. yeah, he'd be like, oh, galang, galang, galang. But I guess it's like, <laughs> do you do um, do you do like smooth as the shot, and then galang's the chaser, or do you oh. like invert that relationship? Like, right. Do you need to soften the blow to dad or whatever by like like smooth? And he's like, yeah, he smooth of, hears the, it as a piece. Smooth is the Trojan horse. Am I? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the on ramp. <laughs> Let's hear a little galang and let's hear a little <laughs> smooth. All right, hold on. Let me. And then, yeah, I guess up. on the smooth. Yeah, while you're doing that, Kale, yeah, on the smooth scale, I think on the smooth scale, um, I would just do a classic one for one, you know, like just yeah. every song in between it is smooth. And that's MIA, like the highest. That's the highest rating you can get. Maya is cool, and she knows that Santana is cool. <laughs> she would be like, I could totally see her like at the Grammys or whatever, and just be like, doing like galang, galang, galang. And she'd be like, ladies and gentlemen, Carlos Santana. And then he would come in and do a 
It seems like they could have collaborated. <laughs> That's not totally far fetched. I think it's something around the Super Bowl or something like that would probably be the best uh, well, way to make she, that happen. She flipped off. She flipped the bird. Yeah, that was Madonna, and who was the? Was that Beyonce? Who was the other third? No, it wasn't. Who was it? it? Nicki Minaj. I think. Nicki Minaj. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Well, here's a little bit of Galang going into uh, smooth. Let's see. Let's see how this goes. This little experiment. Carlos is like, I love him. I am. Santana. No, I think MIA's whole caveat would be like, I will do a collaboration with you, but Rob Thomas cannot come within a fucking yeah. mile it's of like, us doing of this Rob. together. Yeah, Rob's out. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And but Santana's you can also see- like, Rob, he's like, Rob, come on. He's Rob's the homie. <laughs> like, it's not this time. Or you could also see Santana being like, I love Maya. The Ghetto Superstar song. I love that song. I love, of course, I love Maya. Maya's my girl. I love her. I love her. I love her music. Hey, Maya, I love her music. Though, my, Maya, the hip hop or the uh, R&B star, she's dope too. M A Y A. Maya. Yeah. yeah, she's sick. Classic. I don't know. She spelled it differently. Fear, oh, never mind. That joke flying, doesn't work man. at all. Fear of Flying. Her album is good. Nice, nice. Shout out, Maya. Yeah. Maya. All right, Adrian, what are you doing with smooth? What's your smooth scale? For this one, hmm, it's a good question. As you saw there, it 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 <laughs> it doesn't exactly fit in quite quite perfectly. But I think if you um that that little middle suite in the middle of the record, I think uh, you throw the this in at the tail end of that one. Cause it's kind of an exuberant, you know, it's like Amazon and the bingo went to ombre. And then you throw in, uh, this track at the end after ombre. I think that could work, you know, a little synergy with the, the Spanish, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Keep the energy going. Yeah, totally. (laughs) All right. We're, uh, we are doing a heavy episode here, so let's kind of breeze through these next little parts. But, um, I mean, whatever happened to MIA, she, she gained, huge notoriety her next album Kala was absolutely huge had the one of the biggest hits on it of that era paper planes um do you guys yeah. think that she, she has w- some really interesting um um opinions on cell phone towers these days but you know other than that, <laughs> she's doing her thing five g's um but do you guys think that if that song had not been used in the trailer for tra- uh was it um what the seth rogan movie see. Pineapple Express. No, no. Pineapple Express. If it had not been used to the extent it was in that movie in the trailer, do you think it would have been as popular? That's a good. That, that's that's a, kind of the first to me, to my memory. That was kind of the first time that I heard that song really be huge. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I just feel like that song was kind of fucking everywhere, and like everyone knew it, and all like I was saying, how MIA was so popular among so many different groups of people. Everyone else who wasn't that 
earlier then they kind of filled in for that and then she was just kind of like this huge yeah huge it's one of the best samples of all time the uh yeah yeah straight to hell straight to hell yeah no you can't you can't disagree with that that's pretty fucking i think she's just punk rock ultimately (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I mean, she's still out there. You know, we've talked about how she she just scored her biggest, you know, her number one hit uh, as a featured artist last year. So she's still around. She's still making music. She's still relevant in many ways. I think her last full studio album was 2016, maybe. Um, yeah, it's good. All of her albums are good. Yeah. I haven't really heard anything past the like, 2007 or anything, but... Um... Definitely, definitely gonna be worth that one's party time. I remember her third album, Caleb. I remember being uh, in Syracuse, chilling with you. And she is that Matangi? Yeah, Matangi. And remember me, you, and Edward. We were, and it was like, oh, MIA's new album dropped today, and we went on uh, Pitchfork, and they gave it like a whack-ass like review or yeah like i think a, it was like a five six or something oh, that, like no that. that would have been maya yeah <laughs> no the, the name of the album maya it's like a self-titled yeah album. The yeah maya maya that was her that was her name's one? maya the yeah, one with all the like one. the symbols that like spelled her name so I remember, when her, her dad was the first record her mom was the second record second and then one. she was the third She's record the third yeah third. Yeah. Uh, that third record people shit on it and i to this day i think that album fucking is awesome where it has I that think, like it has that suicide sample yeah that song is banger for sure that song is fucking great i think it's one of those I think things all those where, songs are bangers like i don't well, think, I think it's one of those I think it's one of those things where like people will kind of come circle back to that record. Maybe it's happening now. I don't know, but you know, there's some, sometimes an artist will have those one certain records where people, you know, were turned off by it because of it came so soon after a big record or it was so different from another record. But I think especially with her, I think it's definitely possible that those records could come back and be like oh yeah we you know we talked about this with daft punk a little bit how pitchfork sort of reevaluated their their stance on them but i think it's possible that yeah they'll that people will return to those third the fourth records fifth records and say like oh she was still relevant she was still doing this thing that maybe at the time we weren't getting because you know we're blinded by the kala and the big hits uh, but i agree like i think I know I, I maybe I'm not as a uh, into those records as as these first couple, but yeah, there's definitely you know, and she's also releasing monster singles like um, "Bad Girls," like that song fucking rules, and the video fucking rules for that song as well. Yeah, she had great videos for sure. Was that yeah. one with all the redhead kids getting blown? Oh up? yeah, that, that was, one was wild. Was that girls? No, but is. That was yeah. What was that one? Um, it was some. It was the same album though. I think. Bad girls do it well. Yeah, but she's got those minivans on two wheels. Ghost riding the whip. <laughs> that was on Born <laughs> yeah. Free. That's the song that has. Oh the, yeah, um, Born Free. That's the one with the I'm Ghost Rider born sample. Born Free. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the Ghost Rider sample, uh, which is sick. All right, well, let's, let's keep this train of popping. Um, 
Yeah, Noah, why don't you uh, give us a little game? Let's play some games. Okay. Um, let me. Sorry, guys. I do you have a small personal anecdote? I saw Diplo once live in college, and he played Paper Planes. Closest <laughs> I ever got to MIA. Play like humble. Yeah, he played it in Eureka in this like Diplo bar. played. Yeah, yeah, it was like 2007. Yeah, yeah, 2007. yeah that makes sense. He's probably he doing wasn't those that college huge. tours. Yeah, man. it was like it was like a small little theater kind of thing. It was, it was packed out. He did. He had a fun. Canceled yet? Yeah, I was just reading oh, about think, that. I think he. Uh, yeah, I think he's. He uh, we're just on a fresh cancellation. Porn. Yep. Oh no. Oh, he did no. the revenge porn thing. Not cool, bro. Eh, he was always kind of. Uh, I remember when MIA MIA was the original originator of the docs when she doxed that uh, New York Times reporter. Oh, was it the New York Times reporter or was it Lynn Hirschberg, the uh, New Yorker, Yorker or something. reporter? Yeah, where she oh, was. Like, that was Fuck the this lady. <laughs> she gave the, the lady's <laughs> cell phone number out on that was the <laughs> um, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the infamous uh, truffle fries incident, right? Where yeah, uh, where they, she was talking to set shit. her up a little bit. Well, she did. Mia was did. New York Times. Mia, the father of Mia's child, is a billionaire. Yeah, <laughs> she is. Well, like, I think that's okay. the thing. Sorry, go ahead. You can go ahead. I think you're about to make the point that uh, I was about to make. But go ahead. I think she's just like a. She's a walking contradiction. Partly truth, partly fiction. <laughs> like Chris, Chris Christopherson. <laughs> Shout out Travis Bickle. Yeah, the Bickle. I don't know much about movies. Shout out Mabel. Uh, shout out porn theaters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, porn theater. We miss you. And we're back. What's the game? So the game is name that abbreviation. <laughs> okay. So I'll name a band that is famous for having a, an abbreviated name. Um, so first things first. This one's like an acronym. ABBA. Can you name what ABBA stands for? Oh, shit. Oh, I didn't realize that was a, an abbreviation or an acronym. Because... Oh, is it? No, it's not their name. Oh, it's their names, right? It it's like names? Bjorn, Bob. Yarn Benny. That's Benny. The, no, Benny with an I, right? I think. Abigail. Is there an Abigail in there? No, close. Is there an Annie? Annie, yeah. There's one that, yeah, Annie, Annie Frid. You don't have to say it. And it's like Astrid or something. It's probably one of the, it's like a. Yeah, it's a. Astrid's very Swedish. You guys are very close. So I'll give it to you. So it's Ag, Agatha. Agatha. Bjorn, Benny, and Anyfred. Oh, nice. Damn. Wow. Shout out Abba. Abba. Hell yeah. All right. All right. N E R D. Oh, what is that? Nerd. Oh, Nerd. It, it can be, wasn't it a couple of things too at different yeah, points? That's a, all the abbreviation. They all no. was like, well, MCD, it could be this. I was kind of like yeah. MIA was the same way, or she's like, is it missing an action? It's like, or is no, it her it's name? My name, or it means something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. Yeah. You don't remember this one? I remember NERD, but they say I, it in the lyrics. I never looked they into it. They do say it. Oh, I haven't listened to them in years. I can't remember. 
shit's trash. But no <laughs> one ever, no one ever really dies. Oh, uh, really? Jeez. Except that band. Except for no. your legacy. I remember oh, Homeboy at Cubby would like play like the air bass to that. I'd be getting high in his car. He drove like a Jetta or something. Probably a golf, actually. Yeah, I think have, it was a golf. You have golf. Noah has golf blindness. <laughs> a gray, a gray golf. Noah's like, I don't even see types of Volkswagens. <laughs> but we were getting high, and he would like play like the air bass, and the motherfucker was good at playing bass, so he like played it perfectly, like the air bass. And I was listening to, it, I was like, God damn, dude, you're hitting every note. Yeah, dude. I was like, but this music they, they, is trash. <laughs> Music's trash. Moving on. All right, what's yeah. next? TLC. Tender Loving Care. And also their names, right? Yeah. Right. T-Boz, Lisa Left Eye, and Chili. There you go. T-Boz. R.I.P. Lisa. Have you ever seen that? There's footage of Left Eye crashing her car. Crashing yeah. her lip. Yeah. It was, it was like an MTV doc. I know. Oh, my God. Sad. It's like, Sad. why was she driving? All right, this one is so fucking dumb. I had to include it. In sync. That's Wait, a fucking acronym. <laughs> okay, this is so. That's stupid. a long ass acronym too. This is so stupid. Well, can you name the In Sync band members? Yeah, Timberlake. Jason Chavez. Uh, Lance Bass. You got Lance Bass. You got Chris with the braids. Yeah. And yeah, you got Joey so, Fatone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Joey so Fatone. you named them all. Okay, so according to them, NSYNC is just in, in, oh. <laughs> Chris S, Joey, and then they say Lance is Lanston N, and then the C is JC. Wow. So my head, last, my head. The last why did they? Why did they even bother with that? Why wouldn't no, they just I be like, "No, it's, it's a pl- they, clever." Yeah, they don't. They didn't. Oh, uh, was it that? That, that was just a makeshift crap. That was a backronym, not an acronym. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> a makeshift, and then all right, ACDC. Um, it's a it's a bisexual thing, right? <laughs> yeah. well, what does it stand for? <laughs> Alternating current, direct current. No. Okay. Anal care, dick care. No, it's alter- <laughs> alternating current, direct current. That's what I just said. Yeah. Is that is that what the bit? Because I know the band play would would be playful and be like, oh yeah, it's the sex thing. LFO. LFO. Not LMAFO. Oh, it's like or... something. It's another dumb thing, isn't it? It's like some stupid little phrase. I think they're rappers on this one. Oh, um, lounging freely, obviously. Yeah, that'd be better. But what is it? Light, funky ones. Oh, but they spell light like MC light, L Y T E. Oh, L. What? So that's, that's weird worse. that they use an acronym, but then they spell one of the words wrong, which is <laughs> yeah, also like, you can't like it's the '90s or 2000s. You can't do both. That like, you had to do one or the other. Hey, I like, hate Kevin smart Bacon. Move, hey, Caleb, I hate Kevin Bacon, but I love Footloose. So aren't sorry. like two of those members no longer with us? Uh, the main dude died of cancer. 
Damn. Rightfully so. I'm on cancer's <laughs> side with that. No, no, no. I'm guys, I'm reading here. There's only one LMA LFO. They both died? What was the other oh, one? Oh no. Okay. Devin Lima died in uh 2018. Overdose. And then Rich Cronin died in uh 2010. Uh, rest in Damn. Yeah. Sad. Rest in piss. All right, here we go. OAR. Oh, oh shitty. Oh, the South African <laughs> the shitty shit band? or or no, they're like a jam band. Yeah, but yeah. aren't they from like South Africa? Oh, they probably. Maybe I am uh, conflating some some shit. Something like that. Oh, it's it's oh. another dumb fucking thing. Like I know. Ah, oh, goddamn it. OAR. Um, it's um. Well, I know it because I looked up where they were from, not realizing they would reveal it. So, Adrian, you got to. Oh, I don't know. Then it. From it's Walker so Williams. it's the most unearned band name you. It's ever very heard. cringy. Okay, go ahead. Of a revolution. Oh, God. Oh. When I think of OAR, I think of revolution. Yeah, I think of a bunch of white dudes from Maryland playing fucking. They're from Maryland? Wow. Yeah. Terrible. Rockville, dude. They're from Rockville. All right, last one. DRI. I know this. Yeah, Adrian. go ahead. Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. No. Yes. It's uh no, I was trying to think of what else. No, you're right. All right, that was my end game. That was half ass, but I just oh, that was fun, dude. Wait, fun. REM. There's a, whole... There's a couple thinkers in there. Yeah. REM. Uh, rapid eye movement. No. <laughs> what? what is it? it was. They do claim it's something else. They don't claim uh, well, I thought it was like dreaming, right? Because that's when you dream Ralph, during REM Ralph cycles. Eug- Ralph Eugene Meat Yard. Uh, <laughs> huh. He claims that Michael Stipe had a dream with this poet named Ralph Eugene Meat Yard. During some REM, probably when he had REM, the dream. Yeah, that makes Dude, sense. That's called See, the full circular. I had heard that it was... Um, they had like opened a dictionary and randomly yeah, pointed at that something. Was there. Right? That was there too. Nice. You know what we could have done for hours is hardcore bands from the eighties. We could have just been sitting here doing a whole episode of this game. <laughs> oh, dude, man. <laughs> but uh all right, right on, dude. Thank you for the game. Um so Wu Tang. <laughs> Are you just shouting out Wu Tang? <laughs> or does that supposed to be an uh, what was the 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 Jizza, witty, unpredictable. Oh, uh, Wu Tang and something. Yeah, guys. he was always was uh, like witty, unpredictable, something guys or something. And then he's the, all about there the was one for, um, <laughs> yeah, he's one a wordsmith. Shout out Jizza. The there word. was one for, oh, um, Tupac as well, right? Didn't he, oh, like, yes, he, they had a back him. Yeah, wow, oh, fuck, what was that one? I think he brought. I think, actually, oh no, I that think, was no. I'm sorry, he, I got that wrong. That was for Thug Life. He said that Thug Life stood for the hate you give little infants Vince, fucks everyone. Vince. I think he had one for Tupac too, though. I think I think it's in his poetry book. Uh, yeah. Oh, he oh, he really? does that. He does the acronym thing in his poetry book on something else yeah. besides. I life. I thought he was just named after the revolutionary group from Peru. The like the rose Tupac that something. grew out of the sidewalk. I got his poetry book on my toilet on my bathroom. 
Those are my reading <laughs> materials. <laughs> nice, dude. That's good inspo. Well, speaking yeah, of hip hop, uh, for next week, I'm not even going to try to make a joke for the, for the preview. No amount of wordplay could match what we're going to be covering next week. And that is the infamous Mad Villainy by Mad Villain. So, um, yeah, be sure to join us for that. It's going to be a banger episode. Um, little oh, yeah. spoiler that album fucking slaps. Rest Just remember, peace. remember all caps when you spell the man's name. Oh, yeah, man, all caps. Rest name. in peace, doom. It's um, gonna be and, uh, a hard episode to deal with because yeah, it's know, gonna be like I feel super sad that MF Doom is dead still to this day. Yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely a big void that is not going to be ever be filled. So just because you wore the mask, don't mean you did nothing. <laughs> I said it better myself. Um, yeah, thank you for joining us. This has been a really fun episode, a long episode, but you know, great things need to be dissected in in length. So thank you for joining us, and um, yeah, shout out to Kiki Ontiveros of Horrible Adorable and Solo Act uh, for the slapping theme song. Thank you to Adrian, as always, for your production work. Thank you, Noah, for banging out the bits. And uh, make sure you guys check us out at WackerSlaps.com. Check us out on socials. That's at WackerSlaps on IG. Um, what else are we on? Twitter. We're on Twitter now. Respond Twitter. to us on Twitter. Nobody answered our survey. Um, that's <laughs> fucked up. We, we need some more a, engagement. We got a British and we got a... A Japanese band liking. We're us. fucking worldwide, and um, <laughs> we need some. We need some followers. So hit us up, please. Engage, engage with us, or you can do that at our email at wackerslaps at gmail. Shit on us, but just fucking send us something. <laughs> yeah, give us something. Just make us feel alive. God damn it. It's anything, anything will do. All right. Well, for Noah and Adrian, I am Caleb, and this has been Wacker Slaps. And as always, we ask. What made Milwaukee famous? Yeah. Apologies to Deer Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> the music, baby. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>